principles of this series is that we would gain greater freedom in Christ. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be able to run the race full of hope, full of life, full of joy. You know, I love the verse in Hebrew 12 who said that we can throw away everything that hinders us, okay, and run the race with endurance, okay, for the joy of what is set in front of us, like Jesus was able to endure the cross for the joy, okay, that he had. So it's a little bit about that I would like to talk about this morning. So I'm actually looking at the fourth balloon you can see on the card, which is how to develop gratitude and joy, okay, and get rid of fear of the dark and fear of not enough, which is scarcity. So that's the topic we are going to look at today, okay. Now, I don't know you, but for me, okay, I don't know you, but for me, freedom looks a lot like joy, and so I'm going to take a couple of verses to talk about joy, joy in the Bible. Okay. For example, in Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasure forevermore. What a verse. It does occur to me that the normal Christian life is not a miserable life. It's a life full of joy. Because, after all, we are connected to the source of joy, which is Jesus. And he has so much life and hope for us that he wants us to overflow with joy in our lives. Okay? So that we would be able, even in the midst of difficulties, to overflow with joy. That's how freedom looks like, don't you think? Yes? Uh, you know, as a Christian, our old nature is gone. Amen. You are gone. Amen. Yes. So, by our new nature, what we do is we live by the Spirit. Yes. Well, I've got good news for you. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. You agree? Yeah. You all know that. That means you actually naturally made as a Christian to be joyful. How about that? That is great. Naturally, we are made to be joyful. Okay? Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. And it says in Romans 14, verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not, uh, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when I hear this verse, immediately in my head, I've got a <coughs> wrong cannoli in my head. You remember Ron Kennedy? Righteousness, <coughs> joy in the Holy Ghost. You remember that? <laughs> no? Oh my gosh. You don't know your practicing. I do know it. <laughs> if you don't know that song, just go and look it up. Ron Kennedy. Fantastic. But, it, you know, joy is in the kingdom. 1 Peter 1 verse 8 talks about believing in him. And by believing in him, being filled with an expressible and glorious joy. We believe in him and joy comes. And imagine that inexpressible and glorious joy. How does that look like? Inexpressible, wow. You know, we're going to see this morning that 
If there is not enough joy in our lives in general, that has got to do much more with our mindset and what we are believing than our circumstances. Do you want me to repeat that? Yeah? If we don't have enough joy in our lives, it's got to do much more about our mindset and what we are believing than our circumstances. Okay? And I will explain one in a second. Of course, I don't want to deny that in life there's struggles. Okay? There's time of mourning. I've been through it. Everyone has, you know, mourning time and really hard time. So we don't want to deny that and pretend, you know. We don't want to deny that. But I do think that those seasons where they could be mourning or grieving, they are seasons. They, they, they come and they go. Okay? Like Psalm 30 and verse 11, it says, Turning my mourning into dancing. He will turn my mourning into dancing. Yes? Um, in Jeremy 30, what he said, Turning my mourning into joy. Yeah? In Isaiah 61, it said, There is oil of gladness for those who grieve. So there are promises, and those are seasons, but it's still possible through this season, I believe, to still experience peace and actually still a deep sense of joy of who we are in Christ. And this is why. You see, the reason we can be joyful despite our circumstances is because joy is different than happiness. Okay? All psychologists would actually agree on that. Happiness is a human emotion. Okay? And it's a human emotion that is connected to your circumstances. So, for example, uh, something good happened, you will feel happy. Amen. And something bad happened, you will feel sad. So, it's responsive. It's responsive to circumstances. That is not what joy is. Joy is a spiritual way to engage and connect with the world around us. That means joy is an attitude of the heart. It's a belief. It's a mindset. It's a lens through which you choose to see the world. So it's a little bit, it works a little bit like forgiveness. You know, you, we, we all often talk about forgiveness and forgiveness we say it's a decision. Joy is a decision. You have to go after it. You have to say, today, okay, it looks a little bit awful what's going on, but I choose to be joyful. I don't have much things to make me happy. You can still say that. You can be real and say, well, it's a bit crap today. There's this happening, that happening, and, and I don't know how to deal with it. And yeah, and someone I know is really ill, and I've lost someone. And This is real. This is all real stuff. But in the midst of it, you could say, I am choosing to be joyful. Um, I am choosing to see the world in a different way. So you see, it's a belief. It's an attitude of the heart. Actually, it's very, very interesting uh, to look a little bit uh, closer to what Bronnie Brown's research uh, is. She quotes a Methodist pastor, Anne Robertson. And this is what she says. By looking at the Greek root of joy, she found that the opposite of joy, 
Do you see opposite? Opposite. 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 Oh, it said, I knew it. So she knew that the opposite of joy, it's actually not sadness, it's fear. Okay? The opposite of joy is not sadness, it's fear. And I think that's amazing to understand that because you see, I think that's one of the biggest weapons of the enemy against us mm. is to breathe fear. So it, because naturally we're made for joy. I just already, I already told you, we have a new nature which wants to live by the Spirit and we're developing the fruit of the Spirit when we live by the Spirit. So naturally we are joyful. How the enemy wants to stop that is by bringing fear on you. Okay? So this is what he will do. A couple of fear that he might just do. First of all, he might just um, come and say, oh, okay, what if something happened to you and it's really bad? The what if, all the what if in our head. The fear of the dark, foreboding fear. So for now it's okay, but around the corner, oh, what if? What if I get sick? What if I lose my job? You know, all these things. That's how it will come. And it, this, what if can be in your head even in the happiest time of your life. And then that robs you of your joy. Completely. Now, another thing that he might do is, he would say, oh, there's not enough for you. There's not enough money. There's not enough time. There's not enough job. So you get worried. And you start to worry and you're really anxious. Yes? So all this fear, they, they, they kind of cripple your heart by breathing anxiety. And this anxiety just calm. And then you, you're kind of blocked and you can't have this mindset of joy. You really have to battle through to, to see through the lens of joy. I think, you see, it's possible to live your life in fear and anxiety every step of the way. Every season there will be something to worry about. Would you agree? Yeah. What if I don't get that job? What if I can't find a person to marry? Uh, what if uh, my parents, they, they get sick and I don't know how to look after them? And, and what about my kids? Are they going to pass their 11 plus? Will they go to the right school? Because we all know that if they all go to the right school, that's it, that's the end of them. All these things. I've, no, I've, I've been in playground, you know, where this fear is huge. You can feel it in the atmosphere. You can cut it with a knife. You know, it's just really interesting. These fear and anxiety, they are real things, but they will come and rob you of your joy. Yes? Now, I, I've got a bit of a testimony in that one. I remember um, giving birth to Fleur, uh, and then three years later, I had Clemence. And so Clemence at that stage was a, really a baby, and Fleur was around three years old. And... It's really interesting, but it never happened to me before. But I had a series of recurrent nightmares that would come in the night. And this was the nightmare. Really interesting. Uh, I am driving along in the car. Okay, Jamie's not here. And the car plunged into the lake. And my old dream, and it feels like it's the old night I'm battling with that, is the car plunged into the lake. What do you do to save the kids? Which kids are you grabbing first? And then, honestly, I'm calculating, I'm calculating my head probabilities. 
Which one can survive the longest? Which one do I grab? Because I know I've gone a few seconds. What is the thing? Should I break the window? Should I, you know, like honestly, crippling fear. And then I wake up in the night, like sweating, and I'm like, and I'm pondering so much, so much, so much. You know, like, like almost that you go back and you want to go and solve the problem. Honestly, that happens to me a lot. Especially if you have a mind like mine, you want to sort out the problem. So, and it was so recurrent. And obviously, I think that's what we call foreboding. Because nothing was, was wrong really in our lives. It was fine. Our lives were fine. The kids were fine. But I think that's a strategy. That sort of thing is a strategy of the enemy to rob you of your joy. So anxiety, come and, you know, you wake up in the morning and what you are is really anxious. Okay? So if it's your case, there's freedom for you. If you have dreams like that, there is freedom for you. No more. No more. Yes. No more. You see, there is a very simple, a super effective remedy against anxiety and fear. Do you know what it is? That's always Jesus is always the answer. But the tool is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the tool. The, the tool is to actually develop a thankful heart. Okay? It, it is not, it, you know, there's a real reason why in Philippians 4 verse 6 it says, Do not be anxious, but in every situation, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's why. It's because it's an excellent remedy. So, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. It's God's will. It's, it's much more than, a, that's a good idea to do it. It's God's will for you. If you, you, want, a, you want a heart to be in God's will, Start by thanksgiving. Okay? Just thank him. Thanksgiving in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Okay? In Colossians um, chapter 4, verse 2, I love that one, it says, devote yourself to it. That's a strong word, isn't it? Devote yourself to thanksgiving. That means... You not just say, oh, thank you, bye. You just devote, you, one of your life passions should be thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, you devote yourself to it. I believe the reason God is asking us to be thankful is because we need it. Mm-hmm. We need it. You see, thanksgiving aligns us with God. It provides a highway to heaven. It's, it's not, um, you know, it's not by chance that it says to answer is caught with praise and thanksgiving. Yes? Thanksgiving is the way to connect God. It's the way to connect to God. Thanksgiving is better than sacrifice. It says in Psalm 69, verse 30, and I will read it to you. I will praise the name of God with song and magnifying with thanksgiving. And it will please the Lord better than an ox or a young bull. 
So you can do all the sacrifice you want. If you're not thankful, you know, thanksgiving is better. Thanksgiving please him. It connects you with God. You see, the reason we need it so much is because thanksgiving reminds us of who he is and what he has done. So he helps us, it helps us to trust him more. You know, God is not a megalomaniac. Like, praise me, praise me, I need it. Come on, praise me, praise me. Thank me all, oh, a little bit more. Yes, please, come. Louder! He's not like that. He's not like that. The reason he says, I want you to thank me is because we need it. Listen, if we come and uh, we do the verse of Philippians 4 and verse 6, oh, I'm going to present my request to God. And that won't be an action. If we come right away and we're not starting with Thanksgiving, all we will do is go, oh, that's the problem. I mean, it's great to ask God to solve your problem, but if you don't have a great expectation, you will answer. I don't know where that that leaves you. I don't know. So it's much better to start with Thanksgiving because your expectations are raised. And you say, oh, God, you're amazing. Oh, yes, and I remember. I've been in this situation before and you answered. And so and so, as you know, sometimes you've never been in the situation, so you have to find fresh faith. Then you say, Oh, so and so had been in this situation, and I know you came through for them. Therefore, I praise your name. I thank you because I know you're faithful. And I mean, and I mean that, by the way. Yeah? So your expectations are going through the roof, and you can really, really have, have breakthrough for that one. Yeah? So, the remedy against fear and anxiety is thanksgiving, is having a grateful heart. We need to develop that, a grateful heart. And the opposite of joy is fear. Okay? Now, Brody Brand found this. There is a direct link between being joyful and actively practicing gratitude. And the key word is not is in that is practicing. Mm. Okay, practicing. That's the key word. She found that all the people who describe themselves as joyful attributed their joyfulness to their conscious practice of gratitude. They went through as much trouble in their lives than the other people, but they were able to be joyful. So we need to find ways of practicing. Whether it is I meditate on the scripture and I remind myself of it, whether it is more prayer, whether it is writing it down, whether it is writing a little message and put it in a jar and from time to time open the jar and look at what God has done for you. Find creative way to be more thankful. Actually, we, 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 we did that, this, this, uh, this Thanksgiving tree. We did it for the encounter night. That's another way you could do that with your kids. Easy, just do a little thing, um, put a little message on it, what God has done, and from time to time read it again. You know, whatever works for you, practice thanksgiving. Okay, truth time. Thanksgiving, right? It's been my honest battle for the last five years. Honestly. This is the thing in my, my life I found, or I used to find, the hardest. Absolutely the hardest. Uh, I mean, everybody is different, but I am somebody not very patient. 
So I'm not very patient. I see, I always have my eyes on the future. So when I look at something and say, oh, what can I, I improve? Oh, yes, I know I do one, two, three, four, five. And I already forgot what's going on now. I just want, oh, you know, want to sort it out. Yeah, that's, that's my mind. It works like that. Therefore, I find it really difficult to be in the present, thankful for what I have. Because I'm thinking, oh, what can I do to have more? What can I do for developing something? That's how my mind works. Okay. But I found that being like that, I was easily worn out. And I was not very joyful. So I had to rethink. And honestly, I had to make this battle to be consciously thankful. One of the hardest things I found in life still now is living with the ordinary. Anybody can relate? Anyone can relate? You know? Get up, go to work, you know, cook dinner, say bye to the kids, you know, and the next day, get up, you know, you know, for me, that's torture, okay? I'm like thinking, oh my gosh. It, honestly, because I'm, I'm really easily bored and I'm not patient, you know, so you get the picture, anyway. So, I have this battle, I need to find joy in the ordinary thing. In the small things, it has to be a conscious decision. Otherwise, trust me, I'm not very joyful. So yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. <laughs> so I have to be free. And hopefully, maybe Jamie can tell you I've been changing a little bit. Okay, because I have really worked at it these last five years. I suddenly, you know, as I reconnected to father, I realized how amazing father he is, and that I'm his daughter, and that's a privilege in itself. So I'm able more now to say, oh, Don, you're not happy? Stop, pause button. Father, you are so good. You know, yeah, I just developed this attitude of being grateful. So I've kind of developed a few tips for you, and I'm going to go through right now, okay? So I hope that my tips will help you, okay? But I'm sure there's other things. Okay. One of my favorite, favorite passages is in Psalms 103, verse 2 to 5. And you know, it's the one that says, I recount all these benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. And then he goes through, you know, you send me from the beat, and then he just goes through all these benefits. And I always thought, wow, the psalm is wonderful because I can do that, recounting his benefits. That means posing and look back and say, God, you've done this, you've done this, you've done that, you saved me, you've done that. You... And just go for a list, you know. Thank you for the kids. Thank you, you've got, you, you've, I've got a roof over my head. Thank you. And I just go for everything, everything I can think positive. That's how I start. If I feel that my grateful heart is shrinking a little bit. I start by that, okay? I start by that. I believe that... You've got to go after your mind. You have to renew your mind. We've just seen that joy is a mindset. Yes? So you've got to decide. You've got to choose to be thankful. You've got to choose to be joyful. So go after your beliefs. Go after, that's my second tip. Go after your beliefs. When you hear you, you hear yourself speaking something you know, that's not so joyful, that's not very thankful. Pause and say, oh, all done. 
if I put my joyful lens or my thankful lenses now, how would that sound? And rephrase it. And do it systematically. Go after that. Choose joy as a mindset. Then put some concrete practices into places. Whatever works for you, everybody's different. Okay? So if you're creative, make something with your hand. Write it, not write messages, draw, whatever works for you. Uh, if you're not super creative, find another way. It might be that on your diary, you know, every day you say, thank you Jesus for, and that's it. Then you start by that. Uh, when you, when you uh, have your moment with God, uh, hopefully you have a moment with God for all day, for the all day, not just in the morning. Because <laughs> that's another one, isn't it? Have your moment with God. Have it all day. Have it all day. But just pause in the day and say, thank you Lord, you are so good. Whatever you do, you could do that when you're driving, you could do that when you're doing your washing up, you know. I hate washing up, so I do it when I'm washing up. That makes my washing a lot more, you know, happy. Okay, so do it in even, I tend to, you know, it's, it's, I'm serious. I mean, I'm super head clean. So when I clean, I, I worship. That helps me. Because I put a tape on, and off I go, you know, and then, then I worship. That makes my cleaning routine so much better. Find a way that works for you. Yeah? And the other thing is, so don't wait for an extraordinary moment to bring you some joy. Amen. Don't wait for the extraordinary. Don't think, oh, when I get that promotion, I can rejoice. That's right. Amen. When I finally get married, I can rejoice. No, be joyful now. Yes, be joyful now. Okay, in the midst of your circumstances, even if it's a bit tough, you know, look at the ordinary, look at what you've got, and choose to be joyful. Brunei Brown has, has got this amazing quote. She said, I believe a joyful life is made up of joyful moments, gracefully sprung together by trust, gratitude, Inspiration and faith. How about that? How unbelievable. In the little thing, you can find trust. You can find gratitude. You can find inspiration for your life. You can find faith. And develop, develop your joy muscle. Now, the biggest tip I could give you for joy, and this one I think we should really develop more and more in the church, definitely. Is connect to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the joy giver. Okay? And you all know this passage, but you know it's one of these passages we laugh at, but it would be nice to experience a lot more of it. In Ephesians 5, uh, verse 17 and 20, so um, I forgot to write it down for me, so I'm just going to read it if I can without my glasses. Um, Here we go, here we go. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand. What the Lord's will is. Again, the Lord's will. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another with some hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. How about that? So, I mean, you might be shocked to, he says, don't, don't get drunk on wine. And then in the next bit, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I find when I'm really filled with the Holy Spirit, well, sometimes I can hardly stand up. Because it, it does feel a little bit like it being inebriated. And this joy that is bubbling inside, you, that you cannot contain, is available for everyone. That's supernatural joy from the Holy Spirit. And you can have it. Everyone can have it. Yes? Let's go up to that. Amen. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I just want to conclude. And I'll let Jamie handle uh, the, the closing. Let's develop a grateful heart. Let's develop a grateful heart. I do think that as I got, you know, more preoccupied with Thanksgiving and developing a grateful heart, I do believe that my life has become more and more and more joyful. I'm not there yet. There's more to to have. That's the great thing in the kingdom. There's more. (coughs) So I want more. I want more joy. I want more joy. So let's stand up. And I'm just going to pray for you and Jamie is going to talk with this. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you are the giver of joy. Thank you that your kingdom, well, being in the business of the kingdom is, is being in the business of joy. Lord Jesus, joy is so part of your kingdom. We release joy in hearts. We pray for thankful heart. Thankful heart right now. Because Jesus, you are so, 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 so good. You are so, so good to us. We want to have a heart that expands, that full of joy, full of thankfulness for what you're doing, what you have done, for who you are, Jesus. Because we love you. We love you. We want a heart that goes after you, Jesus. We say thank you, thank you for everything you've done for us, Jesus. Let joy abandon in, 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 in our in our life, Lord. Come with abundance, abundance of joy in our lives, Jesus. Because you are so, so, so good. You are so, so good, Jesus. Wow. You've just heard something that can totally, radically transform our world. Yes. Our inner world and the world around us. I want us to imagine in the doctor's surgery and you're waiting and you hear the doctor or the tannoy say, Whether your name is Jamie, the doctor will see you now. And you sit in the chair and the doctor says, what can I do for you, Jamie, today? How are you feeling? Well, doctor, I'm a joy-impaired believer. (laughs) I'm really, really terrified. (laughs) I'm utterly terrified of the future. It's what if this and what if that and what if I get sick or someone else gets sick. It's what if all the time and... I just don't feel, when I come home from work, I don't feel I got enough done. And when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel I had enough sleep. And, and I don't feel there's enough time. And I don't feel there's enough resources. And I don't feel I've got enough personality. 
I don't feel I've got enough money. And Dr. God looks and he says, A joyful heart does good like medicine. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. You need to laugh 100 times a day. <laughs> Steve Backland, in one of his books, says the average child laughs 400 times a day. Yeah. The average adult laughs 15. Whoa. On every onli- online test, I come out as melancholic. <laughs> so it means I have a disposition towards being grumpy. <laughs> I have a disposition towards the glass is half empty. Dr. God, I need this medicine. So Dr. God says, I want you to take thanksgiving and gratitude three times a day before dinner. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> and he says, um, my joy is your strength. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, Lord, beating myself up and self-criticizing was my strength. <laughs> I thought that the gospel, the good news about Jesus, was you point out all my faults and I go away trying to fix myself. Oh, no, no, no. It's the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't you remember that Ezra read out the law and all the people beat themselves up? And then Nehemiah said, look, I know the place isn't finished yet. Jerusalem's not ready yet. But the joy of the Lord, your strength, have a party. Yes. We have just heard the antidote to the enemy's great strategy of fear. And we've heard the great antidote to joyless living. So if we have a fearful life, it's because we don't have a grateful, thankful life. And if we are joy impaired, it's because we've not learned that the joy of the Lord's our strength. And so God, we make a decision now to determine to practice thanksgiving, to do the things that we've heard today, to not be like those who look in the mirror and then walk away and forget their face, but to say, I've heard something today about the truth of how I can overcome fear and joylessness, and I am determining in your presence, Dr. God, to take the medicine that you have designed for my heart, which is thanksgiving and gratitude, that gratitude ignites joy. And I have a declaration I make every day, and I have found God in the most remarkable ways. I could probably do an online test, and I still would come out joy-impaired, melancholic Jamie. But I don't, I don't want an online test to be the definer of my personality. My personality is defined what the Bible says is, I can be joyful. Yes. I can because I, I am a supernatural being who is not defined by my past experience. My past experience might be joy-impaired, but my future, my present is going to be joyful, taking yes. God's joy. So I love this declaration. Today... Joy will come to me in ordinary moments. Yes. I declare I will not miss out on joy by being too busy chasing down the extraordinary. Today, joy will come to me in very ordinary moments. 
I will declare I will not miss out on joy by being too busy chasing down the extraordinary. We do truly live in a world that believes happiness is a circumstance, is a car, is a purchase, is an event. And and churches that are full of joy-filled believers who go through as much pain as everybody else and as much discouragement and disappointment and yet have found that the the joy of the Lord is their strength will be a sign and a wonder in a despairing, fear-bound world. So if you want to be a sign and a wonder in your workplace, be the most joyful person in your environment. Then you are called not just to measure the temperature, but to set the temperature of the whole earth. Yeah, come on. That the earth would look on at the children of God and say, where do they get their joy from? I want that too. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for what we've heard today. And we determine to be a joy-filled company of believing believers in Jesus' name.